Today's show is brought to you by Policy Genius. Policy Genius is the easiest way to compare and buy life insurance, and you can do it all right from your phone. It only takes a couple of minutes, so head to policygenius.com to get your quotes and apply today. Today's show is also brought to you by Noom. Small steps make big progress. Sign up for your trial today at noom.com slash real life. Alyssa, we play such an important role in our kids' lives, right? I mean, the words we use, the ways that we're intentional and purposeful in um, developing their character and, and planting seeds of faith, all that stuff is so important. Hey guys, welcome to the Real Life Podcast, where we talk about exactly that every single week, real life, which means some episodes might be about a fight we just had, some episodes might be about potty training since we have two toddlers, and some might be about eschatological realism because I love thinking and talking about deep theological things. And maybe we'll talk about all three of those in one episode. But we hope the show feels like hanging out in our living room with us, drinking a cup of coffee as we discuss faith and family and culture and Jesus. Me and my lovely wife, Alyssa, are your hosts, and don't hesitate to hit us up or reach out on social media to say hi or comment on this week's episode. Enjoy. Hey guys, welcome to the Real Life Podcast. Today I'm so excited because I have a really special guest for you guys. Her name is Jeannie Cunyon, and I found out from her, or I found out about her because I did one of her Bible studies this last year called Mom Set Free, and it was just a message that I didn't realize I needed, and Um, pressures that I was living under as a mom, just feeling like I'm not enough and how do I be a mom and how do I fulfill this calling that the Lord has called me to. And her Bible study just really, I don't just like broke chains and brought a lot of freedom and a lot of encouragement to me as a mom. Um, It really focused on grace and what that means. And I've talked a little bit about that on a podcast recently, but you know, we throw that word around a lot in the Christian circle. And sometimes to me, for me, it can be um, the depth of it can't like penetrate because it's a word we talk about a lot. And really being in this study and focusing on God's grace that he pours out on us and how does that affect our daily life and how does that affect us as moms was so transformational and just being set free from those pressures and the fears that I have and um, realizing that God's grace meets me where I'm at each day. It fills me with the strength that I need. It sustains me. And um, when I mess up, I don't have to fear messing up or not having it all together because in our weakness, God is made strong and glorified. So I just love Jeannie and what all that she stands for and her messages. And I loved her Bible study so much. Um, And so I'm so excited to have you on today. Thank you so much. I feel like you just summed the whole thing up. Like we're done. (laughs) 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 That was amazing. I'm I'm like so encouraged and filled up. Um, Thank you for having me on. It's It's such a gift to join you today. Oh, okay. So tell for anyone who's listening that may not be, um, know you very well, just tell us a little bit about yourself. I know you have four boys. Tell us their age range, where you live and what you do day to day. Awesome. So yeah, we have four boys. Um, the oldest, his name is Cal. He's 14. Uh, we have a 11 year old boy named Brennan a nine year old boy named Owen and a three year old boy, uh, named Finn. So we've got toddlers and teenagers. Mm-hmm. Um, and we actually, as of yesterday, we, um, became a family of seven. We have our fifth boy, um, oh. a young Andre who just joined us from an orphanage in Haiti. 
Um, and he's amazing and we've been anticipating his arrival. So he just got here yesterday. So we're in the acclimation and, um, but we're having, it's just, it's unspeakably awesome. We're just so excited. So five boys now. That's amazing. And how old is Andre? Andre is 22. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, My new baby is 22. Um, but he just graduated from high school. Um, and so he's going to be, uh, living with us and going to college here and just integrating into our family. So mm-hmm. we just feel so blessed to have him. He's grew up in an orphanage in Haiti that we're deeply connected with and that we visit every year. So we know him already. We know him really well. The boys love him. Um, so it's, it's great. We're so excited. So five boys. Wow. That's amazing. That. I know. Um, and my husband's name is Mike and we live in Connecticut about 45 minutes north of New York city. So we're both from the South, but we live in the Northeast. Um, and I'm an adoption social worker by training. Um, that was always my passion. Um, but about seven years ago, I felt the Lord leading me to push pause on that and to start writing about all that he was teaching me about his grace through my boys. Um, at the time I had three boys under five and the wheels were coming off, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. Um, I was overwhelmed. I didn't think it would be that hard. Um, I was being so hard on myself and that was making me be so hard on my boys. You know, that, that idea that, um, when we don't receive God's grace, it's really hard to give God's grace. Mm -hmm. And so about seven years ago, I started writing about, what that looked like and what the Lord was teaching me through my kids. And so that led to the second book and um, just kind of open-handed to what the Lord wants to teach me um, and then gives me the opportunity to share. So it's That's really amazing. You. And you have two books, um, Mom Set Free and then the Parenting the Wholehearted Child. Yeah, that was the it's, first one. Okay. And Set Free and the Mom Set Free Bible Study was the second one. Okay, awesome. Yeah. I know. It's funny because I've only done a study. And so yesterday when I was reading, I was like, man, I need to pick up these books because I know that they're just different from studies. And, you know, so I'm excited to read those. Um, Okay, so real quick, what is it like to be a mom of all boys? I love it. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I remember my husband and I on our first date, um, he said, how many kids do you want? And not our first date. It was probably like our second or third date. But he said, how many kids do you want? I said, I would love six boys. (laughs) <laughs> uh, wow okay <laughs> I love so, it yeah I just I'm really grateful it's it's wild I mean they are physical you know I mean mm-hmm. you, you yes. know mm-hmm. um, I can't compare the boy with the girl I only know how incredibly physical boys are so um but I love it I'm really really grateful they are you know we say this a lot which is that um you know, God doesn't just grow our children through us. He grows us through our children. And I yes, really, yeah. really, really experienced that um, with these five boys who, you know, I've got a teenager going through teenager stuff now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I still have a toddler who's trying to express his feelings. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so, yeah, the Lord is doing a lot of stuff in me through them. Mm-hmm. So, Do you have any advice um, for like how to raise boys, like off the top of your head, this is your, something you've learned or your go-to or an encouragement for. That's a good question. Um, you know, I am, I'm learning a lot. You know, one of my, I actually always go to David Thomas. He wrote this book called wild things and he is like my, he helps me understand every stage of a boy's development. 
Um, okay, and it's okay. really helpful for me because they do so many things. And I, and I want to say, why would you do something like that? <laughs> <laughs> right. What, what are you thinking? Um, and I've learned how shame-inducing that expression is. So I'm, I'm hold, learning how to hold my tongue. But like they just, the way the, the male, the boy brain, it's really, it's beautiful, but it's complex. And mm-hmm. so understanding why boys do what they do. Um, and their their need and their desire to be strong and brave and courageous um, and ways that I can empower them to do that, but recognizing that it's only through the Holy Spirit that those things can happen. Um, but yeah, it's it's been if there's I have a lot to learn about parenting boys. Hey guys, Jeff, you want to take a quick break to talk about one of this week's sponsors, and that is Audible Escape. Now, Audible Escape is separate and distinct from the standard monthly Audible description. Now, what is it? It's a monthly subscription that provides unlimited listening to thousands of love stories. It's not even two years old yet, and there isn't anything else like it on the market. As a member, if you are a member, you do not have to be an existing Audible member to sign up for Audible Escape. The subscription is free to try for your first month, and after that, it's $12.95 a month. But if you're already an Audible or a Kindle Unlimited member, it's only $6.95 a month. Now, what is it or why will you love it? It's not for just diehard romance fans. These audiobooks appeal to everyone who loves love. The package includes bestsellers like The Kiss Quotient or the chart-topping series to all the boys I've loved before, which me and Alyssa both love on audiobook and popular classics like Sense and Sensibility. So there's also audiobooks narrated by celebrities like Blair Underwood and Rosamund Pike. So we want to hook you guys up. So get Audible Escape and listen to Unlimited Love Stories free for your first month. And after that, unlimited listening for just $12.95. So again, go to audible.com slash lovereallife or text lovereallife to 500-500. Again, Audible Escape is awesome and you get exclusive Audible originals, unlimited listening to love stories, over 18,000 different titles to choose from, no commitment and cancel anytime. Yeah, me too. I feel like Cannon, he's three and he's just entered the stage of just being a little defiant and like we're talking about respecting mom. And and then truly, I was just telling a girlfriend yesterday, so the kids have their own rooms right now and we've been wanting to put them in their own room and we're like working on that. But like his walls are destroyed and he's three. And I'm like, what is happening? I'm like, I'm not going to buy you any nice furniture until you're like 18 moving out of the house. Right? <laughs> so I'm opposite like, than girls. They are wild things. I mean, they're mm-hmm. glorious things, but they are wild. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I used to try and tame that. And I'm trying to learn how to embrace it and, and fuel it like in a healthy, positive way. Right. I mean, honestly, here's a good tip. Put a, put a punching bag in your house. Oh, so serious. Okay, that's a good one. Because as they get older and they have to get out this physical energy. I mean, I noticed it yesterday. It rained all day. And my husband walked in the door at six o'clock and he was like, What's happening? And I was like, They've been inside all day. That's what's happening. Right. Boys locked in a house. That's what's happening right now. And he's like, Send him to the punching bag. And I was like, Of course. So, like, <laughs> 200 punches. And came back different people. Like, they got it out on the bag. That's so, amazing. Yeah, punching bag. It's a it's a good it's a good parenting tip for moms and boys. Let them take it out on the bag. Okay, I'm gonna. Yeah. I love that you could just have that like as a farmhouse sign. Send them yeah. to the punching bag. <laughs> right to the bag. Yeah. Oh, okay. So let's talk a little bit about um, your book, Mom Set Free. If you could just share. I mean, you kind of alluded to it, but just like 
your the, how you were parenting and in the toddler phase and maybe the pressures you felt and then what the Lord um, was doing in you and how he really instilled the message of grace and where that passion then to write this book came out of. Yeah, I'd love to. Um, so the first book, Parenting the Wholehearted Child, was really about, it was my own journey of really, what is God's grace? And like you said, how does that really change our daily life? You know, how does the unconditional love of God given to us in Jesus Christ, how does that change everything about how we live and how we parent? Um, and it was probably about two years after I wrote that book. And I began to really experience the pressures of motherhood in a new way. Uh, and and I, it just became so, um, the pressures became overwhelming, honestly, because as you know from doing the Bible study, there, we're under so much pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, there's pressure that we get from the culture where there's even pressure sometimes that we experience inside the church, you know, in terms of um, feeling like it's all on us to instill a vibrant faith mm-hmm. and to produce fruit in our lives and all of those things. And and I was holding on so tightly to all those things that I thought, even when it came to grace, I thought I had to give grace the right way. You know, mm-hmm. like yeah. if I give grace the right way, it'll work. And mm-hmm. if I give grace the wrong way, it won't work. And so Mom Set Free was really the Lord taking me on my own journey of finding relief from the pressure to get it all right, to really learn how to trust God with the children he's entrusted to me, Um, to really be able to say, I know that I'm so significant in my kids' lives, right? I mean, Alyssa, we play such an important role in our kids' lives, right? I mean, the words we use the ways that were intentional and purposeful in um, developing their character and, and planting seeds of faith, all that stuff is so important. But I kind of, I lost the, I forgot, better said, I forgot the sovereignty of God and all of that. You know, yeah. that while I'm so significant in their lives, God is sovereign over their lives. Mm-hmm. And he's not asking me to play his role. I think so oftentimes as moms, we try to we think it's our job to kind of step into that role. Um, right. And there's so much freedom in going, I am your parent, but you have a heavenly parent, a savior who um, is so much more powerful and so much more faithful than I am. And just kind of being able to parent from that place of open hands versus, um, I always think about clenched fists because I think I do that a lot as a mom. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to control the outcome. I'm trying to get certain behaviors. I'm trying to bear fruit in their lives. Like essentially I'm trying to play the Holy Spirit's role. Mm-hmm. And so just learning how to unclench those fists and the parent more open-handed and just be like, all right, Lord, I'm a vessel. Like, I'm just your vessel. I'm your vessel of grace and of truth. And how do you want to use me in my boys' lives today? And it's been, it's radically changed how I parent my boys. Mm-hmm. That's so good. How, I love what you said too about, um, I haven't really thought much about this, but just pressure in the church of how to be a great mom and how to raise your kids to love Jesus. And um, I think there's so much truth to that. Like we are called to disciple our kids and I think the Lord uses us in such a mighty way and we have such a high calling. Um, But then what you were saying about living open-handed and letting the Holy Spirit work instead of, I think so often we know the truth, but it can get warped with, oh, but now it's up to me to, um, you know, make them follow the Lord or have children who are at this certain, like love the Lord and emotionally healthy and all those things. Um, how, 
so I know what you were saying, but how would you like any practical advice for or day in, day out of how to really live that out and um, free us from that pressure of, you know, I don't know what I'm, do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. One of the things that's been really helpful for me, it's and it's changed my prayer life for my boys, is I used to pray for them and say, you know, Lord, my boys um, mm-hmm. or my son. And um, I was praying for one of my boys one night who was going through something very painful in a situation with a friend. And I just felt like the Holy Spirit prompting me to say, well, reminding me, well, first of all, Jeannie, the Lord loves your boys even more than you do. Um, mm-hmm. And so even though God's entrusted them to you, at the end of the day, they belong to him. They're his. Mm-hmm. And he loves them even more. And so I started to pray for them, Lord, your sons, your boys. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was it really helps me surrender because I don't do a very good job of surrendering. Um, <laughs> and just praying from that place of, Lord, I just, I, I just lift up your sons to you in this situation or in this challenge. Um, that you would work in this situation um, or that you would strengthen them through this situation. And so that's been really helpful. Just a practical way that I pray for them um, has been really helpful. Um, You know, I also think, you know, going back to what you said about the pressure in the church, I think it always comes from a good place. Mm -hmm. Um, But even the other day or not long ago, I got an email from somebody who does ministry with uh, parents, like helps parents in ministry with their kids And the email was about, he was reflecting on a mistake he made and kind of talking about how um, a time in his life where he just really failed to realize that his kids are always watching, right? That our words are important, Mm -hmm. but our actions are even more important. And then he kind of ended the email by like saying, so remember, they're always watching. Have a good day. Um, That was kind of the end of it. And I was like, oh, right. You know, that's heavy. That's so heavy. It's Mm -hmm. true so true. They're always watching, right? And they're learning. Mm-hmm. And but you know, they're going to emulate what they see in us, the good and the not so good. But I just felt like at the end of that, the the more beautiful news, the good news at the end of all of that is that yes, they are watching, but they have a really faithful and grace-giving father who um is not relying on me to get it all right. I mean, that's so freeing to me, right? That yes, God parenting yeah. isn't about God relying on me to get it all right. Mm-hmm. Parenting is about me relying on God to be who he says he is, despite all of my mistakes as a mom. Um, and I think that just helps us parent with more joy. Yeah, You know, yeah. mm-hmm. like mom set free. Isn't like an excuse to like kick up our feet and do nothing and be like, Oh, God's got them. You know, right. <laughs> this invitation to just lay down those things that God never intended for us to carry. Mm -hmm. right? Like it's, um, you know, I write about this in the Bible study, so I I know you're familiar with it, but if I can remember, um, this, it really helps me during the day, which is it's not a parent's hard work that produces fruit in our kids' lives. It's the Holy Spirit's heart work. Mm -hmm. And so I just constantly have to keep going back to Holy Spirit. This is, this is your job. This is your role in their life. Um, because I know as a mom, I can get super discouraged, um, irritated, frustrated when I see, I look at some things, decisions they're making or ways they're treating each other or ways they're not honoring me and just be like, what, what's happening? You know, like, what's the point? Or just feel so discouraged. And I think that's what the enemy wants us to do. 
And that's what happens when we think it's all on us. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it really, I mean, parenting is so much about trusting the Lord and his timing and his, what he wants to do do in our kids' lives. And it's rarely by Friday, you know, I mean, like, like, Mm -hmm. I want a great kid by Friday, but that's probably not the Holy Spirit's plan, you know, and I just Mm -hmm. have to be patient and be like, they belong to you. So you get to do what you get to do. And, um, yeah. So I don't know, that's been helpful to me. Hey guys, I want to take another break to tell you about one of this week's sponsors, and that is Policy Genius. They're awesome. Many of you don't know, September is actually National Life Insurance Awareness Month coming up, and most people aren't aware of that. In fact, most people aren't aware that they need life insurance at all. That's why 40% of Americans don't have it. But me and Alyssa do have it, and we've had it for a couple years. And it doesn't need to be difficult or expensive, and that's where Policy Genius comes in. Right now, the prices are actually the lowest they've been in 20 years, which is really cool. So Policy Genius is the easiest way to shop for life insurance online. In just minutes, you can compare quotes from all the top insurers to find your best price. And once you apply, the Policy Genius team will handle all the paperwork and the red tape. And it doesn't just make life insurance easy. They also help you find the right home insurance, auto insurance, and disability insurance. So if you need life insurance, but you just haven't gotten around to it, National Life Insurance Awareness Month is a good time to start. So go to policygenius.com, get quotes and apply in minutes, and you can do the whole thing on your phone right now. Policygenius.com the easy way to compare and buy life insurance. That's so good. And I think parenting just makes us so strong, (laughs) you know, because we're so reliant on the Lord. I feel like I'm crying out for wisdom like every hour. And just like you said, it doesn't happen by Friday. And so it is like we're in this together. We're journeying together, waiting on the Lord and really pressing in and, staying faithful to love and pour into our kids and know what they need in the moment. Um, So I think one of the things that um, really stuck out to me through the study was I realized, um, and I share about this in a recent podcast, but I, um, a lot of mornings in the week, like probably three mornings a week, I wake up feeling very anxious and I'm like, Lord, I don't think I have what it takes for today or what if today goes like this and I think part of it is it it's not in my control and so I'm not guarantee a day full of peace or like this is gonna it's gonna go like this um but I realized through your study I would wake up with the fear of what if I don't have what it takes today what if I don't know how to handle that situation or um they have a meltdown or I lose it with my kids and I'm impatient or um you know, I don't handle a situation the best I could feeling, I guess that's fear of failure. Um, but real, and then, yeah. And so then when you were, you had a whole, um, section about, um, just the freedom that we as parents need to, and are free to ask our kids for forgiveness when we do fail and when we are weak. And it's like, I could have told you that if I was on a podcast or if I was teaching, I could have preached that truth, but actually living it as a mom, I didn't really believe it. And I felt like I had to be good enough to not get to that point of asking for forgiveness. And so I think when you were talking about that, it brought so much freedom 
Um, where I was like, okay, Lord, I am weak and I am going to fail and I am going to mess up. But when I do, your grace meets me there and I can ask my kids for forgiveness. And I think that even speaks more volumes to them, realizing that mom needs Jesus and this is, and humble, and this is me relying on the Lord and showing them how to live a life of humility. And so I just love, I felt like that was such a huge breaking point for me. Like, okay, Lord, this is where your grace meets me in this moment. And so I don't have to fear that I don't, won't be able to handle this situation well. And I'm just so grateful for your message because I don't think I would have really allowed myself to, I don't know, live in that freedom and humility as a mom. Oh, I love that. And yeah. I um, I resonate with that. I mean, it's still, I think it's still really um, something I'm still learning, which is this, I think we as moms, um, Christian moms who follow Jesus and love Jesus and really want to do well for our kids, right? I think we end up moving into this mode of like thinking we actually have to be the perfection of Jesus for them. Yes, yes. Instead of the freedom of like, wait, my job isn't to be the perfection of Christ. It's to actually point you to Christ. Mm. And so not that I want to invite weakness or failure or messing up with my kids, but all of those moments are moments to say, hey, there's only... There is literally only one who is never going to let you down. And it is not me. It's Jesus. He's the only one who's never going to yell at you. He's never going to lose his cool with you. He's never going to accidentally say something shaming to you. It's He will never let you down. And so whenever I mess up, which is every day, it's an opportunity to say, I'm really sorry. And I need Jesus and I need his grace. And, and that will never end. I mean, I'm going to need his grace every day. And so... I'm going to do my best to rely on the Holy Spirit to be a really good mom for you, but I'm going to mess up. And when I do, it's just going to remind you and me that Jesus is the only one who's never going to let either one of us down. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, that's incredibly freeing. And and one of the things that I really appreciate, because that was, that was one of the things that changed in our home too. And so I resonate with that because I used to feel like I had to be perfect. And if I had to say, I'm sorry, then there was all this guilt and shame that came with that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and one of the beautiful things that's happened is how when we live from a posture of humility, like you said, and we're willing to say, I'm really sorry I got that wrong. I need Jesus. Let's go to him for forgiveness. That gives them the freedom to do it too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Willing to say, I'm sorry I was wrong. Please forgive me. Now they're invited to do it. Like if we take off our masks and we admit that we mess up, now they're invited to take off their masks and admit that they mess up. And it's been, it's been significant as they get older and mm -hmm. uh, they're more prone to making bigger mistakes and their frontal lobe still isn't working, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yes. I hear it takes around 23. So sometimes I'm like, that's right. His frontal lobe still isn't fully developed. <laughs> but it's beautiful. I mean, we mess up a lot, but one of the things I can honestly say I'm so grateful for is all of my boys' willingness to be like to each other and to me and to their father to say, I'm sorry, I messed up. Will you forgive me? Um, and that's, that's the message of the cross. You know I mean? It's so beautiful that we get to make the gospel central in our home, um, not only by loving one another, but by just acknowledging the beauty of the forgiveness that Jesus extends to us over and over mm -hmm. and over again. So that's I think okay. that's an overflow and it gives our kids permission to do the same. Mm -hmm. um, 
real quick while I'm thinking about it, do you remember when your kids, I mean, I know you still have a toddler at home, but when they were younger, when you were teaching them about asking for forgiveness with each other, with you, um, do you have any tips for that? Because I'm just curious, did you, like, let's say they were fighting, would you encourage yeah. them to like, let's pray together and ask God for forgiveness and then we're going to ask for forgiveness from each other or was it more, I don't know, I would just love to hear how you played it out a little. That's exactly what it would look like actually. Um, and I think another important thing about that is because there's, you know, people have different opinions on whether we force them to say sorry, you know, if they're not actually feeling that um, conviction and repentance, right? right? Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things I would say to them when they were little is, the reason I want you to say I'm sorry is because I don't want you to walk around with the guilt and the condemnation that comes with holding on to something that you know you did wrong. This is why Jesus lived and died and rose again. He did it so that you didn't have to walk around with your sin or your guilt. And so there's freedom here. So you can apologize to your brother. You can admit you did something wrong because there's Jesus has already forgiven you and he's just waiting for you to receive that mercy. And so when we can frame it like that, it's invitational, right? I mean, who wants to say no to that? Mm -hmm. Say, I'm sorry, because you did something wrong and that was bad and you're bad and you shouldn't do bad things. Right, (laughs) right. Which is the posture I had when they were little and I was not receiving God's grace. And so it was really hard for me to extend it. So conversations, even when they're young, and honestly, I believe in speaking to them that way, even when we know they fully can't grasp it, because I believe in the power of planting those words and those, mm-hmm. those ideas and the Holy Spirit will bring fruit from it in his time. Um, so just talking about the invitation of forgiveness and why it's such a beautiful thing, because then we can walk in freedom from it. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of times, you know, we talk about this too in our home, which is, you know, I can't change your heart. If there's something going on in your heart, I don't have the power to change that as your mom, but I can help you understand what's going on inside of your heart. You know what I mean? So I can help understand what's going on, but the Holy Spirit's work is to convict and transform and lead you to repentance. Um, But I think that, but that doesn't free us from helping them understand. It's always the why behind the behavior, which I also think really helps little ones move to that place of being willing to say, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. So it's not so much about what you did, it's why you did it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I know that you didn't want to share, but what's what's going on in your heart that's leading you to not want to share? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the, that's the sin of selfishness, and we all have it, and we mm-hmm. all get given for it. So I don't know, those are some ideas that were helpful to me um, with the boys when they were younger. Hey guys, I want to take a quick break and tell you about this week's sponsor, and that is Noom. You guys know we love Noom. They have been a sponsor on this show for a while. We love it because I love them because specifically they're more holistic than almost anything else you can find out there because getting in shape is not just about losing weight. What it's about is getting in shape. It's learning healthier habits and feeling better about yourself, whether that's more stamina to keep you up with your life or finally getting around to certain uh, goals or a holistic way of being and being more in tune with your body or your needs and your own self-care. That's what I absolutely love about it. So the cool part is Noom helps you achieve certain goals, no matter what that is, in a holistic way. So, uh, and that's what I love about it. It gives me better self-care, makes me feel uh, more energetic. To me, I notice when I'm working out the best and taking care of my body, then I have the most even stable energy. 
Um, and I don't think that's just in my body, but also my mental mood um, and all these different things. So again, Noom is the best, guys. We want to hook you guys up. So it's a it's a it's it's a habit changing solution that actually helps users learn to develop a new relationship with food and working out through personalized courses. And it's based in psychology, so they teach you not just what to do, but why you are doing those things. Um, and it's really really incredible. So we want to hook you guys up. So if you go to noom.com/slash/reallife, you can start taking small steps today that make big progress. So again, sign up for your trial today at noom n o o m dot com slash real life. That's so good. So encouraging. Um, <clears throat> okay. That sounds so good. So if there's anything else you wanted to say on that, I'd love to hear it, but also would love to just hear, you know, you're a mom with four boys and you write books and you travel and you speak. Um, how, how do you do those things? Um, and still I can, and still be so intentional with your boys and, um, you, does that make like how, yeah, how do you do the calling that God has given you um, with your boys and still being intentional and um, feel called to pouring into them as a mom, but still having this calling as raising up other moms and women? Yeah, I think you touched on it a second ago when you were talking about that angst of trying to be enough for our mm -hmm. kids. Mm -hmm. You know, am I good enough? Am I am I enough? Do I give you enough? Um, and you know, when we look at scripture, you know, we cannot find anywhere in scripture where God ever says, Hey, Jeannie, Hey, Alyssa, um, when you wake up today, I'm going to need you to be enough for your kids. Mm -hmm. That's your mm -hmm. job. You're gonna have to be enough for them today. Um, cause if that was the deal, I, I don't think I could get out of bed, you know, mm -hmm. um, I'm like, there's a lot of mornings where I'm like, wow. And I recite that psalm in my head, why so downcast, oh my soul, put your hope in God. And I say it over and over again. You know, another translation is, um, oh my heart, why are you so sad, put your hope in God. And I think that downcast or sadness just comes from that lie that I think the enemy wants to feed us right when we wake up, which is, it's your job to be enough today. It's your job to play the role of savior in your child's life. You know, you have to be all the things and you have to be them perfectly or, um, you know, they're doomed, right? That what right. you get and what you get wrong will determine who your children become. That's mm -hmm. the lie that he feeds us. And it, and it just buries us under this pressure to be enough. And so I'm so grateful that instead of God saying you have to be enough, he said, I'm going to give you my son, Jesus Christ, and he is more than enough. And so put your hope in him, keep your eyes on him and it's going to be okay. So um, good. And so I feel that angst of the writing and the speaking, but also wanting to be very present, not, not wanting to miss out on these days. Um, mm -hmm. And I actually love what you and Jeff talk about. I was talking the other day about redeeming time. Mm -hmm. And I think that's so powerful um, because we can't create more time, but it's, I love the way you guys model the intentionality of prioritizing family. I just think it's so beautiful and it's so inspiring. So thank you for that. Oh, thank um, you. Because I think there's, you know, moms these days are told that they have to be doing more than mothering, that mothering right. is enough, that it's mm -hmm. not a high and holy calling unto itself. Mm -hmm. um, unless you're doing other important things in addition to it, you know, then what are you really doing? Right. Um, and motherhood is such a, a beautiful calling. It's the highest calling, I think, when our, you know, with our kids. And um, so it's, 
I don't know that it's finding balance, but it's going, all right, Lord, what do you want me to say yes to? Mm-hmm. And what do you want me to say no to? And then having the courage to actually do so back to your idea of just kind of redeeming time and going, there's only so many hours a day and I'm, and I'm only human. Um, but Jesus and my family come first and, um, where, where else does everything fit? And, you know, to be honest, I've basically taken the last year off. Um, I've said no to about 90% of my speaking. Um, and I put writing on pause because I knew my family was in a season where I had to be far more present than I was able to in a different season where the Lord really released me, um, and gave me somebody who was super helpful with my three-year-old Finn at the time he was one. But, um, yeah, I think when we're being obedient, the Lord just puts those pieces in place. And when I felt him calling me to write mom set free, um, Alyssa Finn was about the age that Lucy is. Okay. And mm-hmm. I this timing makes no sense, Lord. Mm-hmm. Like this, right? Wrong. This timing doesn't make sense. But instead, He brought me this beautiful Christian woman who came alongside me and helped me with Finn. And I really believe that He um, <clears throat> He multiplied my time when I sat down and I said, "All right, Holy Spirit, what do you have for me?" I couldn't believe what He would produce in, in that amount of time. And I think that only happens mm-hmm. when we're being obedient. You know, that fruit just kind of yeah. is abundant. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was one season. And then I was in another where the Lord was like, quiet down, be present. And I knew, I didn't know at the time, but it's because he was preparing us for Andre to come and all of the things that would involve preparing for Andre's arrival into our family. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's seasons, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And our goal is to be obedient. Um, I think he works the rest out. Yeah, that's so good. And I think I totally um agree with that and I had written recently that I think we get fed like oh you need to balance it all and it's like I don't think you balance it I think it's you abide in Christ and he when you are spending time with him he'll tell you when to slow down when to stop when to press in when to do these things even on a day-to-day like at home like Lord do I focus on the chores right now and let my kids play or do my kids need me to sit and be with them and I think it really is like And then on the bigger scheme, like you were saying, like taking on projects or working and um, I think you're so right. Just it's seasons and it's being with the Lord and being close to him to know when to push the gas and when to stop. And he really is so faithful to provide and to show us. And um, yeah, it's just an obedience to Christ. And I think I think he just I think we put so much pressure on ourselves as women to do all the things and be all the things and. Um, even as you're talking, I'm like feeling so relieved, like the Lord just wants to be with me and he will provide what I need today. And, um, yeah, he's just so good, so much greater than what I see a lot of times. Um, yeah. cause I'm focused on, I need to do these things and be this person. And, um, oh, this has just been so good. So if there's anything you want to share with the listeners um, to wrap it up and then also where they can find you um, if they're, you know, what you're on, how they can find you online to be encouraged by your message. Um, so they can find me. Everything is basically just Jeannie Cunyon. My website's Jeannie Cunyon. Um, my Instagram is Jeannie Cunyon. Uh, my Twitter's Inst- my Twitter is Jeannie Cunyon, but I don't know the last time I was on there. Right. <laughs> so find me there. Find me on Instagram. It's Jeannie Cunyon. And um, 
and reach out. I love when people listen to podcasts and then they direct message me or they email me and mm-hmm. say, hey, you know, can you talk about that more? What did you mean by this? So don't hesitate to reach out. I love making new friends um, on Instagram. Um, and yeah, thank you for having me. This has been, um, I just, I'm so grateful for what you guys do and the way you encourage us to, um, keep our eyes on Jesus and, um, the way you were so beautifully talking about relationship with Jesus and not religion and all of those things that come with just knowing him as savior and best friend. So, um, yeah, thanks for having me. Oh, thanks so much, Jeannie. This is so, it's been so good and such an honor to have you on. I know this message, I feel like I could listen to this podcast every morning when I wake up. (laughs) So (laughs) I'm like, oh, right, these truths. So I know it's going to be an encouragement to so many women who are listening. So thank you so much. So that's the invitation. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. And um, it's so easy to go back and put on that yoke of slavery. And um, I don't think it's ever something we master. Sometimes when friends listen to the podcast, they, they feel the burden of how do I even find freedom in Christ? What does that even look like? And I think Jesus is just open arms waiting. Come to me. Abide in me. Like you said, you know, I'll teach you my rhythms of grace. And we learn it and we walk it out just by spending time with him. So thanks for that encouragement today. So good. Oh, thanks so much, Deanie. Thanks for having me.